Welcome to New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, and it's another emotively charged episode here. With me today is uh, Bro Hort and uh, part time Bro Ho, Mr. Jared Tito. Hey, it's good to be here joining you again. Energy levels, Jared, energy levels. Yeah, for the first time, feels like the first time always. Uh, here at the Events Centre in Queen Street. Quite a cool little office you got here, Walt. We're actually taking it uh, off location tonight, and we're at the Screedia meeting, uh, well, media screening, shall I get my dyslexia back on track, of the new movie Exists by Eduardo Sanchez. So we're here at the uh, the media screening, uh, Jared. Quite a nice little hookup there. Yeah, and we've literally just come out of the, out of the movie now, uh, still recovering from an hour and a half of terror. <laughs> terror on two-inch tape. And uh, let me tell you, it was a bit uh, hairy, 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 scary. Uh, yeah, very hairy, scary. Lots of hairiness in that in that film related to the one Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew. But um, you know, obviously the guy who um, who made it, what's his name again? Wola. Eduardo Sanchez. That's right, Eduardo Sanchez is, of course, renowned for making his very first film. Of a very similar genre, uh, the Blair Witch Project. Did you get along to see the Blair Witch Project, Well, Not tonight. No, I was busy uh, doing other things. But uh, you're right, Blair Witch Project was his claim to fame as writer-director. He's got a new movie called Exist. So it's just, uh, I suppose it's not, a, it's not a spoiler alert, but it's about Bigfoot, right? Sasquatch. Right from the very go, you know it's about Bigfoot. From yeah. the opening title, it says, you know, Bigfoot will not uh, chew off your head unless it's provoked. Provoked, yeah. I mean, the very... The very title exists is, is obviously a bit of a giveaway there. It actually exists. Um, exactly, mate. Exactly. Hold hold all that corridor within your head there because we're going to go first now to our first guest on the show. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who it is? Yeah, I think it's Sophie. It is Sophie Henderson. Uh, she's in the movie Fanta, which we've seen earlier this year, uh, which did really well overseas and here at the New Zealand Film Festival. Hello, randoms. Yeah, finally got her on the show. Well, good, good on you. Well, it's actually the second time, uh, but this is the first time we've actually seen her, uh, talk to her after the release of her DVD and Blu-ray for the movie Fantail. Um, we're going to have a talk to Sophie Henderson about that movie and other little trivia bits straight after this. Me and Pete go away for a couple of weeks. You look after Mum. Gonna go find our dad. She's written and starred in her own movie. Uh, she's been busy at the theatre as well. And you might know her from the movie Fantail. I'm talking about lovely Sophie Val, Sophie Henderson. Two people. <laughs> Henderson, I go by. Okay, Sophie Henderson, a.k.a. the Valmeister as well. <laughs> um, it's been a long time. This was the second encounter we've had. Thanks again for joining us, for letting us pick your brains. Thanks for having me. Uh, always awesome. And it's fascinating because this movie, uh, I think, is one of the this year's most startling uh, feature films for me. And uh, I suppose it's been overshadowed this year by a lot of other great New Zealand movies as well. Um, have you? How, how have you felt? You know, after the movie's been released and gone to Melbourne to the film festival, it's about to be released a DVD as well. How have you felt the movie's fared yourself? Oh, it's been 
better than I'd ever hoped for. It's been amazing. Um, to have eight weeks running in theatres, like we expected them to keep it on for maybe a week. And um, yeah, it was eight weeks in Auckland and I think we did 100,000 at the box office, which doesn't sound like a lot, but we had such limited screens that it actually did really well and we're really happy with it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Do you you and Curtis actually have like a debrief afterwards or talk about it? Or oh, we talk about it all the time. We don't have to set a proper debrief. We just always debriefing. <laughs> no, we're really we're really thrilled, and um, it has been an incredible year for New Zealand film. Like just hit after hit, yeah. and I'm so feel privileged to stand among those films. Mm. Have you? Are there any favourites that come to mind? Any of the New Zealand movies this year for you? Housebound's my favourite. Oh man, that is good. <laughs> Crazy good. Yes, Housebound. And I'm not even a horror fan, but um, God, it made me laugh. Gave me a fright. My good friends Morgana, who's the lead in that, we went to drama school together actually, so I am a bit biased, but no, I just loved it. I thought the script and the direction, it was just excellent. Hit all the right places, isn't it? It's great. fun and such a shared experience. Like, you got to see it in a cinema. Yep. Well, we've got a lot to talk about, a couple of things I want to talk about, but back to Fantail again. Uh, like I say, it was one of the surprise uh, film hits for me this year to watch. And um, I think there's a, a great cast as well that you have in there. And it's almost like, like you said that you wrote as a monologue. Mm. When you originally started out, and watching the film, you could almost see most of the location is shot inside the service station. Has there been any fancy ideas about you maybe trying to translate that to the theatre? Yeah, it actually started, like it started as a monologue that I wrote at drama school, and then people said to me, you know, there's something bigger in this, Um, you should make a play. And so I did, there is a full-length play that exists, which I still retain the rights to, but I don't think I'd ever go back to doing, doing the play. I think the script in development got bigger and, and moved much further than that play was um, but I'd like to get it out and have a little read oh so would I it would be definitely interesting and and some of the actors on there like Chahalas Ngamotu and Steam Lovett and Jared Vrawari amazing actors on there they really carried it well I thought their parts oh yeah I, Stephen um, Lovett and Jared Rawati we worked with before and we knew we didn't have to audition them they were just they just were excellent and, and Jared had been involved in um, the workshop of the play actually so really? yeah he was always in my mind when I was writing it that character I always knew it would be Jared and Jahalis who had never acted before is, um, yeah he, he just was the character yeah really he never acted before Jahalis no never and, and he hasn't since he's actually full Cliff operator now, living in Auckland, loving it. He's got his license. God, he's got to get out of that. <laughs> Wasted talent. He's loving it. He's loving it. I think he's still auditioning for things, and yeah, yeah, he's really great. Yeah, no, Jared Rawdy's um, uh, chemistry with you on the screen was funny. He's he delivered those lines perfectly. He was he's a comedic genius. But is it true he's a dancer as well? Um, I know that his brother is a contemporary dancer, and he he does a lot of physical theatre. He works with Red Leap quite a bit, and um, they have something called the Whiteface Crew, which is uh, like a more of a mime dance fusion thing that he does. But yeah, he's a great mover. Yeah, no, he's, it was classic. It was definitely um, one of the funniest parts of the movie was yeah. uh, was Dean, the regional manager. Uh, he's not a great free runner, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrible at free running, but good dancer. I nearly face-planted the, the petrol pump there. Yeah. How many times did you have to do that scene in the car wash seat? I think we only did it twice. Like, we were just so tight for time. Everything was only done once or twice. Okay. It's crazy. Now, another, another, well, another star who's gone to do bigger things, like with The Last Saint, is Bueller Koale. Yeah. And he appears with your chocolate milk scene yeah, in the movie. Part. I know. We, I think he must have done that role before. He did it before he was in Harry... 
and before um, Last Saint, and yeah, so we feel very lucky that we got him for a tiny little part, but he's great, isn't it? Isn't he? Yeah, so he is. He's kind of kind of frightening. I mean, it's quite opposite the, the part he plays in the Last Saint. How good is he in the Last Saint? Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Scary good. I love that guy. That movie was so authentic, so specific. I just really. I was scared that that world exists. Actually, anyway. well, it looks like you have a pretty good, um, pretty good eye for talent when it comes to you know who you want in, in your films. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's more the directors, Curtis, not me. But <laughs> yeah, he did well. I've watched it three times. I think I told you, but um, and I haven't got sick of it. Actually, I still find it refreshing oh, uh, to watch it. Oh, okay. Do you find out new things each time? Yes, yes, I do. And just off the record, you sort of wonder if Rog. Is actually her dad. You know, there's always questions. You don't know who the actual father is yeah. for Tanya. I, I mean, off the record. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's played like that. It's performed like that, but it's not. No. I people. I fought to not put that in the script. People were like, "You've got to make that clear." And I thought, "Well, the character doesn't. She doesn't find out. So why? Why should we know for sure?" Hey, that's me. I'm up with a question mark. So there's always things after. There's little touches at the end of the credits where you see the spirit. Well, I think it was like the spirit of. Yeah. Of uh, the P Waka Waka as well, after which was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, oh, good. Well, that was always supposed to be at the beginning of the film, and then okay. we lost it from the beginning, and then suddenly we're like, well, let's put it, we'll put it back in in the credits. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm glad it made it in there, that little bird. It makes an impact, and it's all about the cheeky P Waka Waka. Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. A fantastic movie, Sophie. We look forward to your future endeavours as well. You. That's Sophie Henderson from the movie Fantail. Uh, go check it out. October 1st is when the DVD drops. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, all. Bye, Sophie. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. And uh, that was Sophie Henderson we just talked to from Fantail. And with me, we've got uh, John Clist and Clayton Barnett, a.k.a. Annabelle's Mask, with us today. Boys, nice to have you with us. It's awesome to be here, man. It's, I tell you, what, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, but I've been uh, the place has been looked after by Clayton. He's been sort of seeing some pretty weird things. Clayton's been doing some pretty good housekeeping while you've been away in Europe, prancing around. Hey, Clayton. Oh, I have been loving it. I love talking about movies and my dating life. You know, it's great. <laughs> Listen, guys, uh, you're from Big Screen New Zealandia, New Zealand, and uh, you guys are going to be talking about a couple of big movies that are that are popping up this week. What do we got, John? First, coming up from you. I managed to catch a film. It's a, it's a drama comedy. It stars Jason Bateman. Now, Jason Bateman is notorious for playing the same character in every single freaking movie he ever does. Annoyingly well. Oh, but it's just kind of crazy. He's kind of like the Hugh, the American Hugh Grant. Right back! Anyway, um, this one, he actually tweaks it up a little bit. It's The movie's called This Is Where I Leave You, and it's basically about a guy who walks in, finds his uh, boss in bed with his wife, and then he gets a phone call from his sister to say, Dad's just died. So everything basically happens at once. So he's got to go back to the funeral. When he gets back there, the mum has said, oh, is your dad's dying wish that we um, do shiver, which means seven in the Jewish culture, which means you sit around mourning and doing nothing for seven days. Now, this family does not get on. So put a family of misfits in one room stuck there for seven days, and you know some crazy stuff's going to happen. Sounds kind of dysfunctional, but kind of entertaining at the same time. Very much so. And then at the same time, you've got one of the um, siblings with their partner is trying desperately to have a kid so there's oh there's the ovulation alarm going off and got to run off to the other room it's just insane the stuff that's going on 
Chad Altman. Oh my God. Is that Penny? I'm oh, so sorry about your dad. Oh. I should have come today. I'm so sorry. I just have a thing with funerals. I'm always afraid I'm going to start laughing or bawling or say something horrifically inappropriate, no, so no, I just no. don't go, which is not a solution, but there you have it. Anyway, what's it been? Seven, eight, nine years? Something like huh? that. Huh? Yeah. Hari said you came along. What happened to Quinn? You didn't split up, did you? Mm -mm. Oh, it's I'm sorry. I don't know why I say these things. Freak accent on things. the elliptical strings. Goddamn but... antidepressants I'm yeah. on. You know, they just yeah. obliterate whatever filter I have. Mm -hmm. and that's very embarrassing. She left me. I that's... knew it. Yeah. I totally ah. knew that. I'm sorry, but she I She slept vibe. with my boss, so. Well, that'll do it. Yes, it did. Done. Right. Clayton, this sounds a bit like one of your, your date, date nights, is it, this movie? Oh, it would have been right up my alley. Right, who takes a girl to Annabelle? This would have been perfect. <laughs> and keeping, keeping it truthful, no, keep, it going, keep it going with the dating. Oh, at least in Take It to uh, Fury, that was a bit of a boy's own movie, that one. We did. Speaking of Fury, we saw the film with you guys as well. We were in the same theatre together. Give us your thoughts about uh, the new Brad Pitt movie, uh, Clayton. Oh, it was a cracker. David, up. Uh, what was so good about it? What was, what was so crackerish about the movie, oh. Fury? It's a very much a bromantic tank movie. You've got these fi five guys in a tank, and you've got uh, Brad Pitt, Sheila Booth. God forbid you just forget, forgot he's actually a really good actor after all this crazy shit. Like you mean Transformers? Yeah, he yeah. shrugged it off. Yep, and then, um, so they're in the tank, and uh, end of the World War Two, and they're just uh, trying to finish off the Germans, but it's just such a powerful movie, and like very, very violent, but... Just such good performance from the guys in the tank. Would you call this a, a true blockbuster in the sense of an epic film with action and all the right characters and actors? Yeah, indeed. Uh, Saving Private Ryan for the next generation. Just really, uh, like, really good detail on the tank battles. Like, I don't think I've seen a tank movie ever. And just there's one tank battle scene that just has you on the edge of your seat. But just as it builds towards the end, you just, you just want to know what's going to happen with these guys. And it's pretty good. Yeah, no, no, entertainment aside, it sort of highlights the horrors of war quite closely back to home with Anzac and everything like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, war is a horrific thing and they don't leave anything to the imagination. There is blood and guts in this movie. I've never even seen the inside of a tank. You will. I started this war killing Germans in Africa. Now I'm killing Germans in Germany. Been with these fine gentlemen for years. Insightful man, not taking a date to that movie, Clayton. So, uh, what have we got next? What 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 dates have you taken? What to what movies have you taken anyone to Whiplash, the new Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons movie, perhaps? Well, that's a real shame. I had a date lined up for that one, um, and then she pulled out, so I took a guy along, and he just loved it. And I'm like, oh come on, like it was just such a good movie. And I'm waiting for the drum roll for this one. But a boom. John Close. Trying to drum up another date for that one as well. <laughs> yes. What's your name? Andrew Naiman, sir. You know who I am? Yes, sir. So you know I'm looking for players? Yes, sir. Just do your best. You're here for a reason. You believe that, right? I'm here for a reason. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Ready? Okay. Five, six, and... Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will gut you like a pig. I tell you what, um, there's been some just really good 
intense performances out. And this week really is the week of intense performances. Whiplash, man, that's just in your face. Like, how much can one person be harassed and beaten for perfection, you know, when it comes to their musical instrument? Then you've got Fury. I'm just thinking my work life here. Sorry, mate. Here we go. <laughs> Pretty much. And then, of course, you've got Fury, which um, comes back to that thing, that concept that you've got to become the monster in order to kill the monster and I think that's really what that movie demonstrated, there's this catchphrase in there which gets used uh, by Brad Pitt's character where he says um, ideals are peaceful war, uh, history is violent It is, look at the uh, New Zealand cinema history here, it's quite kind of violent, and speaking of violence the Deadlands. Now, uh, we've seen the hashtags around all over Facebook and, and social media now because next week it's been released on October the 30th. It's been described as, Clayton, can you describe it for us in one sentence? Ooh, uh, epic uh, warrior movie. John Cliss, your description? Pretty much the same thing. Um, I will point out that the real weird thing about this is we have a, correct, a collection of reviewers that we send off to things. You guys do some stuff for the website. Um, we've also got one young lady called Lee Ming Hu who is just... She, she likes mellow films. She's just a lovely, delicate soul. And I sent her to the Deadlands. And, and, um, and I think it was really not the movie that... It's kind of like... She probably would have liked the Date Night movie. Um, yeah. Well, she would have liked all those uh, buffed, uh, shirtless uh, warriors, I'm sure, uh, for that movie. It's amazing to see James Rollison. There was an article on the TV recently speaking of other entertainment boxes um, where it showed him he's at school, you know, finishing off his art portfolio for the year and all those sort of things. And how cool that an actor who um, came to fame in Boy um, and has done really, really well is doing, is, is apparently spectacular in this, in the Deadlands, um, but yet he's still sticking at school to try and get his NCEA and, um, you know, cover himself for all bases. Well, at least he can pay himself through all those Vodafone ads through uh, college. Um, so it's like a modernised, stylized, modern Tekken video game. It's very stylized. Clayton, your thoughts? On oh, Deadlands? No, I, I haven't seen that yet. But uh, Just from the poster you were standing in front of. Sorry, you can just get a review from the poster, the uh, Deadlands poster. <laughs> no, I really look forward to it. It's um, our Oscar entry for Best Foreign Language Film because it's in, entirely in Terreo. Yeah. So fingers crossed it gets nominated. It'll be amazing. Good point on that. It's totally subtitles, a Pakia subtitles. So you're going to have to brush up on your Tereo language. And speaking of which, we've got James Rolleston and Te Kohe Tuhaka, uh, two of the stars on the next uh, New Zealand Entertainment podcast. And on that note, boys, we'll leave you to your merry nights ahead. And uh, it's goodbye from me, John Cliss. And goodbye from me. Hey, Clayton. And goodbye from me too. Thanks. Cheers, boys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Later. Later. Okay, well, we got rid of uh, Clayton and John from Big Screen New Zealand, and we finally, Jared's reappeared again from whence he came from. Yeah, yeah. By the way, how are you, Well, Jared, I am Sterling, and uh, yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good too, pretty good. You look quite rushed before, you're looking a bit more relaxed than when, you, when I first saw you in the movie theatre. Oh, well, it was a bit of a rush to get here. Um, we were rehearsing for this film I'm working on that seems to be an ongoing saga, uh, Not that film that's been from four podcasts ago, film. Four or five, probably right from the beginning, actually. So we're, we're into the last stretch, touch wood. Um, so it was a rush getting here, but uh, nice to join you here at the events. Cinema in Queen Cinema. Street, the home of the big giant Queen Street. IMAX, IMAX Theatre. Um, we're here off location for New Zealand Entertainment Podcast for a special um, podcast here. We're taking it outside. We've, we've nicked the idea from other podcasts of uh, 
going outside the the four walls of our studio and taking it out to the streets to the people. Yeah, and we've found ourselves in this kind of somewhat of a cafe outside the IMAX super screen with our own very luxury bar with all sorts of um, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, condiments, condiments and confection, and, and alcoholic beverages, non-alcoholic beverages, and all those fizzy drinks and stuff, and and we seem to be the only one here, only people here apart from the young lady who keeps on looking at us, wondering what we're doing. Yeah, wondering what the hell are those guys doing with the microphone? Yeah, it's all about board, lady. Please, hey, our next guest, he on a Henare, um, recently visited uh, New Zealand Entertainment podcast, and we had to talk to her as she's. Um, well, busy with making a movie, a film, a documentary. Yeah, now what's the connection with uh, her, Louise? Louisa, who joined us on our Tinder episode, is now producing this film or docker, which is called Native in Nuhaka. Now, Nuhaka is actually a location, isn't it? It's an, it's an actual geographical town here on the map of New Zealand, yes. So you can find it in New Zealand? Newhaka, yeah, you, you need to Google that up if you if you don't know who Newhaka is. Here, let's do it now. Have you got your smartphone on you? Uh, I have got my smartphone here. Eh? Um, um, where's my Where's my note? Oh, here we go. Here's something. Here's, here's a smartphone. All right. And, and it's just for those people who are thinking, as opposed to old Haka, this is the new Haka. <laughs> <laughs> in Eng- in England, they have all sorts of things like old bridge and new bridge. Um, so it's not like that, is it? It is on the latitude of. Oh, I can't even read that. It's 17 degrees there tonight anyway. And Nuhaka is a small settlement in the northern Hawke's Bay region. Oh, why would Near yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Native of Nuhaka is a new film um, documentary. It's about the, the love of Māori and cinema, chronologically going back to when Māori first met cinema and bonded in a dark alley. Is that before or after James Cook? This is post-Cookie days, I think. Post-Cook. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. So are, you, are you on Tinder again? No, no. <laughs> I, I actually. Well, we can't even podcast without you, no, you know, on your phone. I'm not really on it. It's just I just opened my phone and it was already on it, so I'm <laughs> shutting that down. All right. Well, let's go and get back to to more important things. So, first, we're going to hear from Hiona Henari, her doco is called Native and Nuhaka. Give us a pukana. <laughs> Right, here we are, giggling away in the background is Kahu, who's, uh, he's, he's, he's easily amused on his iPad, uh, thanks, and we've got his mum here, her name is Heona, Henari, uh, and she's also involved with making a new documentary uh, called Native in Nuhaka, and she's going to tell us more about that. Welcome to you two as well, welcome again, Heona. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your fantastic documentary, which you said your one-liner is it's the, the romance between Māori and the cinema, or the, the movies and, and Māori cinema. Can you elaborate on that? Well, yeah, it's funny that you say I've got it in a one-liner because I you know, played around with it for a while and, and people would be asking, what, what are you working on and, and what's, the pro- what's the project about? And, um, you know, I'd go into this, like, you know, two-minute speech and I was thinking, you know, I, just, I was losing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you know, I thought about it one night, and I'm like, well, really, all I'm, all I'm, this film is about is is the love affair between Māori and cinema, you know, and and whatever that conjures up in your mind and your imagination, it's it's all part of that, you know, that 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 whole vibe of of Māori cinema. 
Yeah, I mean it's a it's a new New Zealand feature film documentary. Um, it's it's um, where where we've got a little bit more filming to do, but then we'll be going into post production this side of Christmas, and um, you know we expect to have it out by the beginning of the new year. Wow! Get it out nice. there, yeah. I just wanted to ask you what sort of challenges you're facing within the industry. Uh, obviously, you're a Maori filmmaker. You're also a female as well, uh, which is quite rare. Uh, we spoke to Sophie Henderson the other day, and she was up for a nomination for one of the nominees for best uh, feature script. A film script at the at the uh, screenwriters awards uh, recently. Um, so, what sort of challenges have you found uh, yourself in the industry? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've got a, a few stories to tell. Um, so it's it's it seems like it's just it's still right now. Like you know, we've come to a complete stop. Mm. Um, well, that's what it feels like to me. Mm. I mean, I only just on Friday met with Dave Gibson from um, the CEO from the New Zealand Film Commission because, I mean, I had a concern about um, how they were how they were um, looking after their uh, their talent development. Yeah, so I met with Dave on Friday just to just to let him know that. Um, you know, this is my fourth year of submitting my my short film script mm. to the New Zealand Film Commission, and I got rejected again. You know, and it wasn't about being rejected or being a troublemaker or being a sore loser. It was actually about the process and just making him aware. Because some of the times, you know, you get these people at the top who, who come up with all these, you know, um, amazing um, models and paradigms on how they're going to, you know, get all these people to make their amazing films. But most of the time, they actually not in touch with all these, you know, emerging artists or all, all female Māori um, directors that are coming. And so meeting with Dave on Friday gave me some hope. And I think it's, you know, you just need to do that little shake-up every now and then, you know, every five yeah, years. Just, yeah. you know, go in and say, do a haka and say, you know, what's going on. Fantastic. Heona and Kahu. Thanks for coming along to talk to us about your exciting new film project, Native and New Haka. There's going to be a red carpet premiere for it because that's me and Jared just love those sort of events <laughs> um, you know what we should just do red carpets up and down you know New Zealand you know because like, if you like that sort of stuff how many other people oh, like yeah. that you know yeah. and, and, and of course I want to have red carpet events because there's so many people that I mean I haven't thanked you know in this interview that need to be like, I mean just all my camera crew you know I want them there on the red carpet as well I'd love to see you there I mean you know while we're at it you might as well come to the one in Auckland the one in you know Haka the one in now we're talking you know the one in, in Wellington the one in Christchurch what, you know what I mean <laughs> The one in Sundance. Yeah. Oh, bless you, bless and you. And cards. Bless you. I like your chain of thought. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Awesome. All right, you two. Well, we'll leave you on your merry way. Again, thanks very much for coming and join to us. And uh, we'll see you guys and hear about your progress in the future. Bye. Bye, Kahu. Take the biscuits home with you as well. Don't tell your mum. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that was Native in Nuhaka, but we're now Native in the event cinema here in Queen Street because we've just been to the media screening of a band, not a band, a movie. A movie, yep. Of the hairy, scary kind. That exists. Called Exists by the director of the Blair Witch Project, Eduardo Sanchez. Yeah, he's uh, originally from Cuba, is that right? He could be. 
Kubabi, but I don't, not too sure. <laughs> yeah, American, definitely a Latin American. I, I thought Cuba, but uh, could be wrong. You know, it's a bit of a sudden departure from the scary supernatural of Blair Witch and venturing into Chewbacca ter- territory. Mm, did, of, did, yeah. did he remind you of Chewbacca? Not that, not that I'm going to say that we saw him or anything, but the, the idea of Bigfoot, is he, do you think that's where Chewbacca came from? You know what? I think so. Yeah, yeah I reckon Chewbacca came from the idea of Bigfoot and Sasquatch. Yeah, that could be a fair call. And is Bigfoot and Sasquatch the same kind of critter as the Abominable Snowman? Ooh. The Abominable Snowman is also kind of yeah. Bigfoot, but he's in the, the cold areas like oh, Antarctica. You know, if we were to do the crossover to from Sasquatches and Bigfoots to bears... We have grizzly bears, which would be Bigfoot, like what we just saw in the movie. And if we crossed over to to the colder places, like where uh, the abominable snowman is, surely he would be the equivalent of a polar bear. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Abominable snowman, like Chewbacca bear, polar bear. Yeah, he's like polar chew, polar chew, 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 chew the polar. It's like an albino Chewbacca. Yeah, like po- <laughs> a polar pop bear, yeah. <laughs> Hey, um, what did you like about the movie tonight? I thought it had some really good pace, even though you didn't you didn't get to see the actual Bigfoot itself. But it was actually kind of pacey, scary in it. Oh, you kind of did. You kind of did. Well, in the beginning, you, you know, you heard all the noises, like it's mating call, you know, amplified in the forest and things like that. You know, all the squeamish. What I, what I found interesting was that the noises that they chose in the forest and the echoey noises that they chose in the forest. Were, were not unlike the noises that we hear in the forests. And I think that was deliberate to make us think, well, is that a critter or is that actually a Bigfoot? Oh, there's a question that needs to be pondered. And speaking of pondering, we're going to be going now to the next interview with our next special guest here at New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. Um, I'm going to head over to you, Joe, because you might be able to tell us more about this interesting person we have uh, coming up for the interview. Yeah, we were lucky enough to get out and see a show called Mockingbird, written and performed by the wonderful, as you always say, uh, well... I do, too much. Yeah, Lisa Brickle. And uh, what a treat that was. And, and, uh, of course, um, with joining, I should say not with, but joining Lisa Brickle on the stage, and the whole presentation was... uh, Sarah McCombie. Sarah McCombie. Wasn't she a great asset on the keyboard and doing the, the, the singing on the songs and that there? Yeah, yeah they, they were fantastic together. Actually, there was a lot of nice moments in that whole production. Um, and, and the combination of Sarah on keys and vocal singing with, with Lisa uh, going through her, if you like, monologue... But, but heading it together at the same time made a very nice combination. It was, it was very good. I, I was quite moved by that show. But, um, yeah, we are lucky enough to have an interview with them uh, backstage straight after the show, which was fantastic. Now, Mockingbird is obviously the, the children's kids' song apparently done throughout the generations, and this show sort of highlights four generations of women in uh, her life, starting with the great-grandmother all the way to present day. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and, Sir, and uh, sorry, Lisa was saying that uh, it is based kind of loosely on her own genealogy with a lot of uh, Hollywood licence or artistic licence. Obviously, it's a bit of... Um, bit of Māori in there as well. Uh, I mean, Māori's quite hot now with the Deadlands coming, but in her show as well, the Mockingbird show, she also had ties with uh, the family as well, the whānau. 
Yeah, delightful show actually, delightful show, and um, with a with a bit of luck, that show will go will will show again, or the show will keep going. Um, of course, it's for Lisa's masters. You know, she's a teacher of drama. She teaches AUT and all sorts of places. And and with a bit more luck, it might actually feature over in Scotland and in, in the um, festival over there. Sounds exciting. We're going to talk to Lisa Brickell and Sarah McCombie from McCombie and the Absolute Truth and the interview that ensued right now. Tonight's a nice warm night here in Auckland and we're at the Maven Theatre to check out Mockingbird written by Lisa Brickell and performed with Sarah McCombie. Welcome you two. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Of course, Jared's with me as well. Hi, Jared. Hey, well, it's good to be here. Um, Now, I'm going to let you talk, or should I say something now? I just you two, you go for first because you speak the longest. uh, You talk the most of us two. It's it's this kind of interview. Sorry. (laughs) Hey, but first of all, I just wanted to say to both of you, you know, it was fantastic. I wasn't sure what to, you know, I was sure what to expect, but I know that you've done several rewrites of the play, and I haven't heard it with music. and it was just fantastic. It was it was funny, and I was really moved. Some at some points, you know, because you go and see these big budget shows, and they throw everything into them, but they lack. Sometimes they lack the heart. So that's from me, anyway. So especially the ties on the lips, but you, you can understand that. Attractive <laughs> ties on the lips. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've got a great range too. You can do that real deep kind of hello man's voice type. So I was looking for the man. I thought, like, oh no, it's Sarah doing. And then you. You've got this nice singing voice too. Yeah. It, it had shades of. I have to echo those sentiments as well, Jared. I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was very revealing, quite on a personal level as well, with your genealogy and fucker papa. And then also, yeah, there has to be a, there has to be a question too. Now, this is actually about your real genealogy, isn't it? Or genealogy? Mm, yeah, it's based on my real true story with my family, but of course, a lot of dramatic license has been taken. Mm-hmm. So, but it comes from a place of yeah, of truth in that way, in terms of mental health and mental illness and those repeating cycles. Yes. No, I want to talk about that because uh, you, you go, there's, there's a scene in there where you, uh, where you really dwell, delve deep into it and the lights go down low. And I was just wondering, Mockingbird, is that actually part of the, one of the characters in, in the show there? Yeah, it's not actually a character, but it's the song that all the different generations sung to their, their children. So, yeah, that hush little baby don't say when mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. That, so that comes from that. And also, I think the symbolism of a mockingbird is to do with kind of like hope and new kind of new beginnings and hope as well. So, yeah, that's why I chose that title. Okay. And you, of course, Sarah, you did a fantastic job backing, uh, backing Lisa up as well with the vocals and, and the song. It was the music. Tell us a bit more about the music, uh, the soundtrack and everything. Well, it's been really interesting. Uh, I got the script from Lisa. I'd never, I've never done anything like this before, and um, and responded really well with the script. I really kind of got on with it, and so pretty much just lifted the script and then set music around it. And also, there are lots of kind of ditties that I play to myself that I've composed that have found a home in this play. Mm. So all the little bits of incidental music. Which just kind of, it was amazing. What are some of your influences? Because as I was sitting there, I, I thought, wow, this is cool. This is like Pink Floyd, The Wall or something, you know? Um, what, what, were you, what, what are your influences on? And he did tell me that too. It was like Pink Floyd, The Wall. <laughs> in a good way. I thought, you know, wow, this is moving me like, like yeah. those scenes in yeah. Pink Floyd, except Pink Floyd threw millions and millions of dollars at it. So what's, what are your influences here? Oh, look, all sorts. I'm really, uh, I love Nick Cave. 
and uh, I, I love um, bands like um, The Pixies and Ben Folds Five and stuff like that. So um, and I, and I love films and film music. So like in my head, it's a permanent bloody musical going on. <laughs> yeah, I've got an album coming out, No Man's Land, on the fifth of December, and it's six years. It's taken six years wow. to get it here. So it feels really monumental, and I'm so proud of it. It's so beautiful. And that's actually what was playing when the audience came in as well. Back to the writer. You know, Lisa, you wrote this as part of uh, an assignment or, or part of the whole assessment yeah. process for your master's. Yeah. How, how well or do you know how well that's gone for you? Uh, yeah, well, I've learned a huge amount. It's amazing because I've done a lot of acting and directing, but not so much writing. So I thought I'd love to learn more about script writing. And um, yeah, huge learning process. And um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it actually because my background is in physical theatre and devising. So um, to actually sit down in front of a computer on your own because I'm used to working with a whole group, you know. So I sit down and kind of go right <laughs> word after word. It's been really interesting. Yeah. Well, I think this interview is premature come to an end, or uh, maturely come to an end, depending on the way you look at it. Hey, thanks again, Lisa, for letting us come and talk to you about your show. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. And thank you for you, Sarah, for telling us about your awesome musical endeavours, which we'll be looking out for. Oh, thank you very much. Awesome. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Thank you, Will. Well, here we are back again. That was Lisa Brickell. Brickell? Brickell? Either way you like it. And Sarah McCombie from McCombie and the Absolute Truth. Yeah, now, Sarah, uh, on top of that show that, that we've seen, um, Sarah's also got a, a release of an album coming up. Uh, how many years in the making? Six or seven years, she was saying? Yeah, she has. She's got a Facebook page, so you can check out McCombie and the Absolute Truth. There'll be tons of info on there for Africa for you to digest through. Um, we're going to be closing up the show now. That's uh, pretty much us tonight, uh, Jared. Yeah, anything interesting coming up for you this weekend? Well... Well, it is a long weekend, and I'm going to be so go seeing uh, Brad Stansel. You remember Brad Stansel from the last podcast from the band Seasons? Yeah, yeah, Brad Stansel. He's very... I know the name now. Yeah, I think everyone does now, Brad Stansel. Uh, and I must say, look, Brad, sorry I didn't know your name before, but uh, after hearing your music, hey, it's almost, it's just almost, we want to say... We worship you in the uh, in the in the and tone. the metal metal tone in world. The metal tone. We worship you. We well, worship. well, not really, but you know. Yeah, yeah, we're giving you the horn salute there, Brad Stansel. Yeah, definitely. What, what, a, what a great sound the band has. So best of luck to them. Um, seen a few good movies this week. I've seen uh, Brad Pitt's Fiery Pitt's uh, uh, new film Fury, which I think you checked out as well with me. Oh yeah, yeah. The other bread. enjoy that. The other bread, yeah. The other bread, yes. yeah. That's actually you'd have to say it's an epic film. A lot of thought going to. I noticed that Brad's uh, getting heavily involved, not just the acting, but he's doing a lot of EPing, executive producing. That is. All oh, right, not Brad Stansel, Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, right? Yes, sure. That's the Pitts man. Um, yeah, good film. What do you think of it? I, I thought it was actually good. The art department, amazing. A lot of money, obviously, wrapped up in Fury. Um, following all of the traditions of the classic American movie, some... I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it as a blockbuster, epic action movie. Uh, great cast. I enjoyed it. Thoroughly entertained. Yeah, thoroughly entertaining. And now, uh, you know, for me, being involved in the movie, I, I, I am a little bit, you know, skip critical. Critical, you know, when they're in the middle of battle and, and then suddenly one of their mates gets shot and they've got time for a three-minute monologue. 
while the Germans, I don't know if they put their weapons down, but things... <laughs> you wouldn't have time for a monologue if you been shot by Germans. No, you wouldn't, but they always seem to get away with having one in, in the big blockbuster, yeah. And what about for you? What movie of the week was it for you? Jack Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler? Uh, Nightcrawler has got to be the movie for me, and, and, and hopefully we'll talk about that later on with Hannah. Yes, 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 yes. She's seen the movie as well. She'll be coming up on the on the next podcast episode. Yeah, now this is the third time. Lucky, hopefully, we'll get Hannah on the show. And she this weekend is going to the Soul First. Soul First. So, waka, waka. So hopefully, we'll get a, some lowdowns on what's happened and maybe even some picks from Soul First from Hannah. Could be cool. Um, it's going to be the old R&B Jazz Hip Hop Festival. It's the first annual Soul Fest at Western Springs in Auckland. Um, on that note, have a good night, good weekend. Jared, thanks for coming in again. As usual, it's been a, a very big pleasure for me. Yeah, and it's a big hand from me and a big foot from you. Oh, I love how you tied that in. Here you go, bro. Handshake. Boop, boop. Yep. Boom. I'm going in for the bump. And we're out of here. See you later. Bye. Ciao, ciao. She lies on gravestone.